Welcome to Off the Board Sports. We are three professional sports handicappers. In each podcast episode, we will give three to five free sport picks to our listeners. We will also dive into the hottest sports topics around the globe and offer our opinions. Let's get right into our show before our picks are taken off the board. Good morning and welcome to another edition here to Off the Board Sports. It's October 28th, Saturday, recapping Game 1 of the World Series. And boy, what a game it was. You saw the Diamondbacks get down early, but they came back and get three runs. And boy, we jumped to the bottom of the ninth inning one, and that's what it came down to. Corey Seager, time and time after again, getting it done for his team and clutchness in the postseason. And of course, Aldonis in the bottom of the 11th got the game walk-off home run opposite way. What were your thoughts in this game one? Voldy, big-time game. Voldy struggled in this one. Diamondbacks made him work, and that's what they have done all postseason. But it came down to the bullpens, and uh, the Rangers rallied in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, this game had every aspect for the fall classic that you needed. Drama, heroics. Let's get right into it. You just talked about Texas jumping on Arizona. Carter gets the big double to left center, and then he drives in Corey Seager. And then, of course, the hero that's been of last series for the Houston Astros is our Garcia. This guy, you talked about uh, him waking up the Astros when they uh, came back in that game uh, when Ortuva hit the home run. But I think it really woke up Garcia. This guy's just been hitting. He's been making plays in the outfield, and uh, he's never stopped. He's never slowing down. And you talk about Arizona, though. That's the grittiness, the fight, never quit mentality. Um, they get up, they go up 5-3, they add the extra run after Marte's double on the top of the fifth, and then um, after that, it's pretty quiet for the next uh, three innings, and then this is where the dramatic and then stuff starts to happen. Corey Seager gets a pitch over the plate, and he just absolutely smashes it to the right field bleachers. And then after that, you know, the momentum was swinging back to the home side. You know, Texas's bullpen did an excellent job shutting down Arizona's offense after that double in the top of the fifth. Uh, never allowing another run, never allowing anything to get going for the D-backs. But um, it really just came down to that uh, pitch that Corey Seager uh, had over the plate. Yeah, let's get in the bullpens because Baltimore, or excuse me, Arizona had 10 walks as a pitching staff yesterday, yeah. and that's what the Texas Rangers do. They work the count. They won't chase out of the zone very much, and I thought that was key there. You saw their bullpen have six alone. Gallon had four. Uh, and you saw the down, uh, excuse me, Texas only have one as a pitching staff. So thought that was a big key in game one. Arizona's got to stop giving free passes. Yes, it's said and done. Texas does it better than anybody in the game and working counts and getting guys on base. Uh, but they take advantage of it. Either team really had a great night in scoring position, one out of seven, two for eight. Uh, but it came down to the home run ball, and Texas got it done the last two games that way, and they got it done again. In game one, so we'll see what happens tonight in game two. Uh, going in the college football world, we have a couple of big games and big game implications here. Uh, we got Oregon going to Utah. We're going to jump there first. One, uh, what are your thoughts here? Uh, total here, 47.5. Spread sitting around minus 6.5. Yeah, I don't really like it. You know, Utah plays really well at home in Rick Eichel Stadium. The atmosphere is there. It's going to be rocking. Last previous matchup there was 2017. Um, I, I'm not sure if Oregon has the mentality to go there and uh, take down the Utes. You know, the Utes are very disciplined. You just saw what they did at USC on the road. Maybe a little bit of a letdown game, you know. 
I really like Bo Nix in the QB quarterback matchup, but um, other than that, I think it's going to be a defensive matchup. I give advantage to the Utes there slightly, but it's going to really come down to third down conversions as well as getting the opposition off on those third down conversions. And then the turnover battle, it's always a big part in these big-time primetime games. If you take care of the ball, you'll be okay. I think Oregon squeaks this one out, but I don't think they cover this game. I think it's within three. Yeah, I'm looking at the Utah defense right now. They rank 11th scoring, 15 points for a game. You look at what they did to USC last week on the offensive side because they're banged up. Let's go back a little bit here. No Kuthi, no Camerizing, no Bernard, no Pittman, and no Yasmin. They're backup tight end, and they're still 6-1 and one fighting for a Pac-12 championship. It's amazing what Kyle Whittingham has done there. Uh, you look at Oregon with Bo Nix, who's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks and one of the best offenses in the league. But I think Kyle Winningham and that coaching staff is going to uh, have a way to figure him out. You mentioned it may be a little bit of a letdown game. Uh, but I'm looking at if can Oregon run the ball consistently enough. And like I said, we know how good Utah is on that side of the ball. And if uh, Vaca can have that kind of same performance and give Bryson Barnes another option out of the backfield with Jackson and Glover. But uh they got to put up some points in this one because Oregon, again, they have one of the most potent offenses in the uh, nation. Uh, but I got Utah's got to score, but I think uh, it's going to be a close game in heading in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the only question, uh, Utah's going to have to turn this game into a, a slow possession to yeah. keep Oregon off the field. And That's another thing that Utah is number one in the nation in time of possession, so they like to milk the clock uh, and have long drives, as you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. All right, jumping into the next game, Juan, you want to go to the Tennessee-Kentucky? I think you have a free pick there for us. Yeah, uh, I really like the home side here. I think Kentucky can pull off this upset. You know, Tennessee last week at Alabama played a valiant first half, but they really got fi- figured out in that second half, being shut out. And then you talk about Milton the third. He finally made plays in that first half, but again, Alabama made their adjustments, really shutting them down, taking control after halftime. I don't see Joe Milton the third playing nearly as good as he did a week ago. I think he's going to be playing just a little bit below average like he has all season. And I think Kentucky at home. I think the crowd, I think uh, Larry can make some plays as well as their talented running back Davis. I think he's going to be a load to stop for the Vols and the playmaker on the outside Robinson. I think they'll have enough to win this. I'm going with a plus four for uh, Kentucky. Yeah, going out to Jacksonville now is the big rivalry cocktail party. Georgia and Florida. Georgia comes in this one. 24 games in a row. It's impressive as it comes at the college level over the last three years. We know how good Kirby Smart is. Uh, Florida is under the radar. 5-2, and two, having a pretty good year in Billion Napier. Second year there, having a couple of wins over Vanderbilt and a comeback win at South Carolina. We've come into this one. Graham Mertz is getting a lot of attention here. We look at his stats. 76 completion rate, 1,800 yards, 12 touchdowns, two INTs. Uh, But Florida, before I get into Georgia here, uh, line sitting at 14 and a half. Uh, but this, they got to run the ball against Georgia. You, as we always know, Georgia wants out physically, you offensively line and defensive line. But you look at the two running backs they have here, and they're really good for Florida. Johnson Jr., NTN. And receiving-wise, they got some weapons this year. Purcell, 619 yards. I really like the five-star Wilson uh, there as well. But uh, the question for me, Georgia, and this is where Graham Mertz gets into trouble, in my opinion, when you can pressure him and get him under duress. Uh, if Georgia can do that, it's going to be a long day for Florida. But 
They've only generated 12 sacks in seven games this season, so that's going to be a big key for me in this one. If Merce can do the check down, give it on for the running back, make the right throws, I think Florida has a chance to hang around this one. Uh, we all know how Georgia has struggled against the spread this year, but uh, how do you see this one? Yeah, well, you look at for first off here with Grammers, you talk about the stats. I believe they're a little bit deceiving in people's eyes. You know, you look at the 77% complete uh, percentage. Um, but last two games against South Carolina, Vanderbilt, I mean, those two are probably the bottom dwellers in the SEC. He had uh, excellent games in there, 400 yards last game, 260 yards. But um, this guy's been um, not making his throws. Well, you talk about his little uh, style at the quarterback position, not a particularly well deep ball thrower, um, pr- pretty much stays around the, uh, the chains and just uh, gets those first downs. But, yeah, I think Georgia's going to pressure him a lot. I think they're going to give him a lot of different looks, uh, send some play, uh, blitzes from the linebacker safeties. I just think it's going to be a long day. We've seen this time and time again with Graham Ertz in big-time primetime games. He did get that win against Tennessee earlier in the year. But Tennessee's not typically a big-time program, a big-time name. Yeah. I think Georgia exposes them again. I like the dogs here to roll. Obviously, no Brock Bowers, their leading uh, receiver. That's going to be big, as we all know what happened there. Uh, but they got to look elsewhere. you got Delp, the backup tight end, young, talented freshman. And they got five-star recruits all over this yeah, team. Yeah, that said that he's going to be playing a role in this game as well. Uh, but you're going to look at Georgia. I think they're going to run the ball more, play action. Uh, this is going to be a tight game in the second half, in my opinion. I don't think Florida's going to roll away, or excuse me, Georgia roll away, but uh, I think Florida can hang around. And I think Billy Napier, a lot of doubters saying, you know, he it was struggled in his first year, but he's got he's got Florida here, and if he can, uh, you know, pull this win off, it's a big task. You know, 24-game winning streak for Georgia, but uh, go a long way for that Florida program. But going down uh, to another game one, you go in Oregon State, Arizona, this is a trendy pick that everyone thinks Arizona is going to pull off the upset here. I got a pick here in this one, but Juan, I'm going to give your thoughts on this one first. Yeah, it seems like it will be a trendy pick. You know, Oregon State typically doesn't play that well away from Corvallis. But, you know, Arizona, this team has been in competitive games all season. You know, they just smashed Washington State a week ago, 44-6 on the road. They almost beat the Trojans in that triple overtime game. And then Washington, they played that game tough as well, only losing by seven. So this team is improving year by year. They have playmakers. Um, the young, talented quarterback has stepped up, uh, Fafita, over uh, Delora. Um, but I think Oregon State, if they stick to the ground game with Martinez and Federick and then DJ Ugalea can make some plays, I think they'll have enough. But it's going to be going down to the fourth quarter. It's going to be tight. It's going to be uh, competitive. And it's just going to be, like I said, who can make the – Timely plays and a more discipline on the defensive side. Yeah, you look at Arizona. Let's go back the last three weeks. You know, losing seven to Washington. We losing that close one to USC after getting up big. But all the all three of the last games were all spread out teams. That's this game semantically is different. Oregon State's a grinded out team, physical on the offensive line. Want to run the ball downhill. And that's what you're going to see today. Set up the play action with DJ. I like Oregon State to go down there, milk the clock. It ain't going to be an up-and-down game. But Oregon State's defense has struggled on the road this season. You look at Cal letting up 40 points, at Washington State allowing 35. Uh, But it goes with Damian Martinez and Fenwick. If they have success running the ball, this team will be fine. 
Uh, but you look at Arizona defensively. They're physical. They got some big corners that want to get up on you. They got two really good linebackers with Mano and Upshaw. Upshaw five and a half sacks. So that's going to be key in coverage. Can Oregon State loves to hit the tight end out of the for DJ? But I think Oregon State goes down there and gets the win. I'm going to go minus three as my first free pick of the day. Yeah, I think uh, they will. Like I said, I think this will be really tight, competitive, one of the most underrated games on the board today. We know we only yep. have a few primetime games, not a heavy stack board. Um, but let's just quickly give our uh, preview for game two. What does Arizona have to do to tie this coming back to the desert? Well, obviously, they got to get up. It was a devastating loss after being up 5-3, but Merrill Kelly has been solid for them in the playoffs. 2-1, 2.65 ERA. Jordan Montgomery is also being equally good for the Texas Rangers, but go out there and get out to a lead and get a little bit of that pressure off you. Uh, obviously work the counts, but I think getting off to a lead for Arizona in this one after how they lost in game one would be huge for them. Obviously you can't have 10 walks again as a pitching staff. You got to just uh, grind. Uh, you got to can't do that, but uh, I think that's just the key for them. Yeah, but you talked about Texas drawing 10 walks in game one. That's what they do better than anyone in MLB. They get to many full counts. They make you throw a lot of pitches, see a lot of pitches, and that's what they did against that Arizona bullpen who's been so dominant in the NLCS and in the wild card round against Milwaukee and then, of course, against the Phillies. But um, I'm going today. This is going to be leaning in my second free pick. I'm going the under. You talk about the two starting pitchers have been – Pretty much lights out. Miro Kiley's only let nine hits in 17 innings in this postseason. Jordan Montgomery's been a big-time role for this Texas Rangers uh, starting bullpen uh, pitching in the playoffs. I like the under at 8.5. I think yesterday was a little bit more high scoring. I think this one's going to be more of a, a, a bar murder. I think it's going to be one run, two-run game, similar to how it was going to the bottom of the ninth, 5-3. Uh, but I think the under's a little bit too high, especially with this uh, starting pitching. I'm going to go under 8.5 in this game. Yeah, I'm going to go to my second free pick of the day. I'm going to go Colorado State plus 14.5 over Air Force here. Uh, I like this pick a lot. You know, Air Force, Lori, their starting quarterback is out. We got an injury against the Navy uh, game last week. So I, Colorado State has played competitively in the, in the Mountain West. You know, they got uh, that great comeback win against Boise State where they were down 30-0. to zero. And then at UNLNV, they got walked off there on a late field goal. Uh, but I like them to bounce back today. Air Force, we all know they have one of the best defenses. They want to run the ball. Colorado State defense ain't great. But a lot of that comes in the passing game. 308, allowing the passing. Only 158 in the rushing yards allowed. So that's going to be key there. I like Colorado State plus 14 and a half. Yeah, that's a good point there. How you just mentioned about the Colorado State. They played some... Up and down, but I think the at, uh, at home here against the Falcons, it can uh, keep that competitive. Uh, yeah, looking in the college football, who who do you think has the biggest chance of being on upset alert today? I mean, you got Oklahoma going to Kansas. Didn't look great last week. Uh, you got Oregon and Utah, obviously. You got USC heading up north to Berkeley. Uh, but do you see anyone there that uh, catches your eye in another game? Um, If you had to pick one, I would probably say... The logic uh, answer would be Oregon State, Arizona, but that's a small time upset. I'm gonna probably go on, out on a limb here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably go Duke over Louisville on the road here at plus six. I think uh, Riley Leonard is finally up to ninety percent. He's gonna be playing. You saw what he did when he came out against Florida State in that second half. The offense really went stagnant. They really had nothing going, and Florida State just 
gas the defense. But I think it's a different story today. I think Louisville's overachieved early in the season. I think they were a little bit exposed against Pittsburgh on the road. But I think uh, Duke has a, you know, they get up for these games. Their defense is solid. They have a playmakers on the offense, an experienced quarterback. I think Duke can uh, pull off this upset. Yeah, that's a good uh, pick there. Duke has had a, just a tough, tough schedule. They played Florida State tough last week, but kind of lost it away in the fourth quarter, out being outscored 21-0. to As we all know, Leonard went out there. But uh, let's go to another game quickly. Uh, Colorado-UCLA won. This one is on ABC 430 out in the ro- Pasadena. How do you see this game going? Line right now, minus 15 for UCLA. And we all know all the Colorado hype. Uh, Do you think Colorado hangs around this one, gives UCLA a test, or UCLA's defense is going to be the story in this one, in my opinion? And and the Colorado defense just has been atrocious, allowing 473 yards, a lot of that through the air, rushing, and I think UCLA will have a big day today. But uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, it seems like the hype is coming down on Colorado. You know, this is another big-time test for them on the road, going to Tinseltown. Um, you know, something tells me that, you know, Chip Kelly in these primetime games, um, the atmosphere, I, I just don't know if he could get it done. I mean, the UCLA quarterback, Dante Moore, I haven't been really high on him. He's 10 touchdowns, 7 INTs. But he just mentioned about the defense, and that's where US, UCLA really excels. They just have a big defensive front, only allowing 68 yards on the ground. They're going to make Colorado one-dimensional, similar to what Oregon did on, when they went to Eugene. I think this game is going to just be made by defense from the Bruins. They make enough plays with the running game with Steele and Harden. And uh, I think Colorado is going to really have a tough time in that secondary and uh, getting pressure on Sanders. I think it's going to be a long day for the Buffs. Yeah, I also agree. I think it's just me, like you mentioned, UCLA is going to make them one-dimensional and Sanders is going to have a big and long day against them. That's going to do it for us today. We got our four free picks. Oregon State minus three. Colorado State plus 14 and a half. Tennessee minus, or excuse me, Kentucky plus four, and Juan has the under in the Diamondbacks and Rangers game. Join us again here tomorrow, NFL, and recapping game two of the World Series, as well as the biggest college football games today. Thank you for listening to Off the Board Sports. For any inquiries regarding our paid services, please email us at offtheboardsports at gmail.com. We invite you to follow us on Twitter at OtheBoardSports and Instagram at OffTheBoardSports. Thank you and best of luck.